0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Musa Dembele misses Celtic training to discuss his future amid interest from Lyon. Rangers are in Russia ahead of tomorrow's crucial Europa League qualifier with UFA. And the Scottish FA board met today to discuss whether to stay at Hampden or move to Murrayfield. And there's no decision yet. Two men who will be very decisive over the next two hours though are Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi. Well, that may be true, Gordon, but we'll wait and see until between now and eight o'clock. And yeah, what's going on? Why can't we just get an answer? Is it Hamden or Murrayfield? We'll now have to wait uh, until next week. On the park, Celtic, more problems now on the back of Boyata with Dembele looking like he wants to leave. And I don't think the club will be able to hold on to him. And for Rangers, big game in Russia tomorrow night, away to FC Ufa. It's a quite a week. In, in Scottish football Jim Duffy We've got all this business With Hamden and Murrayfield we'll, we'll get to that A bit later on We've got two massive games In Europe We've got uh, quite a big fixture In the league At the weekend mm-hmm. In case you hadn't noticed And all the while The players are trying to uh, The teams are trying to Hold on to their best players Yeah well I said that The transfer window Has been Is always a problem You know For Scottish clubs In particular I think because you know, no matter even if they do bring, you know, um, significant finance into the clubs, it's rarely they get the same amount of money to spend. So it's usually a little bit more loaded to the selling clubs. But listen, it's, it's the nature of it. It's not it's not unusual. It's something that the, the club should be used to be now. And you've always got to have a, you know, a, a, an alternative up your sleeve ready just in case. And I'm sure whether it's Celtic, whether it's any other clubs that lose players, They've got that option, you know. They they, they will have the, the the options, or maybe. But it is difficult to try and get someone in at the very last minute. Dembele, I think, it's one of those ones where there's been kind of rumours surrounding him now for for over a year, and it's just whether someone puts the right figure in front of Celtic mm. whether they're prepared to do any business tell us what's on your mind tonight 0141 you can tweet at Clyde SSB as well let's kick off by hearing from Brendan Rogers though he says Moussa Dembele missed training today to hold talks with club officials after French side Leon made contact regarding his availability now the Celtic boss does say there's been no formal offers for the 22 year old and he insists they will try and keep hold of him for as long as possible a lot going on with Moussa at the moment so Moussa and his representative was at the club uh, today speaking with the club yeah the speculation around him of course but um, but Miss is not a player that we want to, to lose you know he's a he's a phenomenal talent came in here a couple of years ago and has, has developed how we thought he would he's not going to be here forever that was all part of his, his plan to come in and like it is for sometimes a lot of the European boys you know they come in and to develop and prove at a great club and then uh, and then look to move on but of course it has to it has to work both ways really you know we don't want to be losing a, a top class player uh, without having a replacement so um, so it's ongoing discussions really no no there hasn't been an official bid as far as I'm aware but bid interest yeah He's available uh, for the game, uh, but I ju- we just need to. I'll speak with him later on. Like I say, he was at the club, and I just have to ensure that everyone that plays, I have to be convinced that they're they're fully committed to to playing in the game. So, um, but like I say, we'll we'll, we'll see how he, uh, how he is a little bit later. Is interest from one club or more than one club? As far as I'm aware, it's one club. Can you take that as Leon? Uh, you can have a guess and you can <laughs> speculate, but you know. But 
listen, I've sat here over the last two years and there's been, you know, a lot of clubs linked with with him. I think it's safe to say, listen, there's uh, there's a, a, a big interest from from another club and the, uh, the football club and, and obviously Mussini's representatives are, are speaking about it. Celtic fans, I am pretty sure you've got something to say about this topic. 0141-951-1025. You can tweet at Clyde SSB as well. What do we make of this, Mark Weary? Um First of all, it's come at the wrong time for Celtic. Listening to Brendan Rodgers and particularly Pascal Leach, but just there, uh, Gordon, uh, he sounds very downbeat to me because he can now, very much a victim of his own success because of what he's built at Celtic the past two years. But you're now starting to see all that good work being dismantled because Patrick Roberts is away. I think Dembele's going to go in the next 48 hours. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, Tierney and, and, and Sham have managed to, to hold on to um, for now. So, yeah, you can see it dismantling and uh, I can understand his, his frustration. But like you said, you know, when Dembele walked in the door two years from now, this was all part of the plan. But if the fees in the region of 15 million quid, considering that... 10 weeks into his Celtic career we're talking about him being a £25 million striker then it, it, it's it's kind of going to plan but not going to plan in maybe the way that Celtic would have wanted financially Jim Duffy there is still time there's a couple of days left we don't know for sure if, if Moussa Dembele will leave Celtic mm-hmm. what about the, the signs we're getting at the moment what are you reading into that? Yeah but I think um, Brendan said there in his interview that uh, you know he would check basically uh, the mentality of the player is he fully committed to go and play in the UEFA tie um, and I think that's really what he's saying and, and if he believes he's not then I think that uh, it's another one where he has to make the choice that listen he he has to move on um, similar to, to Boyata in, in a certain sense and as Mark said you know but that you know you can, players move on whether it's whether he, Patrick Roberts was on loan but whether it's him whether it's Armstrong, Boyata, Dembele it's just the way it is you know I mean as, as big a club Celtic are you know these players if they want to move particularly if you are Fran- French and you want to go back to France to a big club and stuff there's not really too much you can do about it other than try and get the most amount of money you can. Um, you know, as I as I I'd done a little bit the other, the other day there in in the com saying that uh, you know I've had players in the past who, uh, you know, you can't say for sure, but if it was let's just say if it was a cup final, I think they'd been fit. So I think that there, there are games where he might say, well, if he goes in Thursday night and doesn't play to the same level because he's thinking, wait a minute, I could get an injury here and that could scupper the move. Then is he, is he going to be as committed as you like him to be? And all of those things, a manager's got to take into consideration. But either way, reading between the lines and obviously listening to, to Brendan Rodgers, it looks as if if the right offer comes in, He's gone. They now, need to try and sell him now, Gordon. To, to give time to replace to him. To give time to replace him. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't listen. Uh, the way that, as I say, the tone of Brendan Rogers' voice here, the fact that the boy's not trained today, his agents have travelled to Glasgow. That's what, I was, that's what I was going to ask you, Mark. You need to do the deal quickly and move on. That, that's what I was going to ask you. It all seems very dramatic because I'm, I'm sure footballers speak to their agents about their future yeah. all the time, particularly yeah. during yeah. the window. Maybe I'm missing something, but do you need to miss training to do that? No, but I think that if he's if he's wanting to go and his representatives again, it's not missing training. It's maybe disrupting training. But he doesn't want to use that word. If he's in there and the players know, and perhaps okay. you know that he doesn't want to be in. You know, he's letting to prepare his team for Thursday night. And he's also letting his manager you know? know. Probably best forget about me. That's why I'm not going to train I, I, the day before the game. Yeah, I think he's just he's just common sense from Brendan Rodgers. But I mean, let's talk about you know Solanke for, from from uh, Liverpool possibly being on loan and all these kind of things. And obviously Brendan Rodgers, that's what he'll be doing just now. Um, you know his recruitment staff. 
Um, I'll, I'll be looking about saying, look, what alternatives do we have? Now, don't get me wrong, Celtic have still got Edward there and they've still got Lee Griffiths. They've two two outstanding strikers, but where Celtic want to be, they want another one. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's see what you make of it, Gary and Easterhouse. Your thoughts, please. All right, how you doing? Um, just uh, about today, um, the whole Mr. Dembele thing. I'm I'm absolutely disgusted by it. Um, I know there's obviously a price for every player. Um, but to leave it this late in the transfer window, I mean, look how long it's took for us to try and find a replacement for Bayata, which we've still not done. Um, and I just think that Peter Lawwell, has, he's been here for too long and he's done a lot of things and he's dragging his backwards as usual. Um, I've got a few scenarios that I could point out to you. After Seville, we never pushed on. Gordon Stratton pushed on for four in a row. All he needed was a striker in January. We never signed Stephen Fletcher. Neil Lennon got to the last 16 of the Champions League and then we turned into the Whitman boys. Started selling Gary Hoopers, one Yammers. Um, Ronnie Dyla experiment, no comment. Surely at the start of this um, summer, we've, we've bought Edward either as a replacement for Dumbelli or we've just went into this sleepwalking and expecting no bids to come in for Dumbelli the way we expected with John McGinn either way I think it's unacceptable and I think that Peter Lawwell and Ian Banker should be held accountable and if he does go the position should be untenable Mark Greedy well, in terms of you know um, sleepwalking and stuff that part of the reason that the interest from Leon has has been triggered, Gary, is because they're about to lose their striker to Real Madrid if the deal's not already done, Gordon. Um, so therefore, this has been kind of one for them uh, that's been in, in in the last day or two. So they now have to react, and this is the way that they've reacted. Um, in terms of people's positions being untenable, whether it be Peter Lawwell or Ian Bankia, I think you assess it at the end of of the window um, on on Friday night. And should somebody lose a job because they happen to sell a striker? No, absolutely not. You can flip it round the other way. You've actually managed to persuade somebody to come here to a backwater of a Scottish league, whether well, you want to look at it, compared to England and the rest of them, for, for 500 grand, give them a platform and you're potentially moving them on for 15 million quid. So you can flip that round and actually throw praise on the club for doing that. It depends what, it depends what way you want to look at it. Mark, Mark, you're talking there about how teams react. Um, the other team coming in and replacing a striker within two days. Look how we've reacted all summer. Um, well, let's see, you, but you need, Gary, you need to assess it on Friday night. Mm. A lot right. can happen. In, listen, on Friday night, you sit down and you have the facts. At the moment, we can only guess. You will have all the facts available on Friday night, and then it goes into the game on Sunday. And you know what? And Monday, it might be great, it might not, but you can't assess it just now because we don't know for sure. Jim, how much has this Moussa Dembele situation changed, whether it be the player's mindset or indeed the club's mindset? How much has it changed since Celtic's failure to get Champions League football? Do you think that's had an effect? No, I don't I don't think so. I think that, um, you know, the player has a big say in this. You know, Gary's going on about, you know, Peter Lawyer and that, but if Moussa Dembele goes to the club and says, listen, I want to go. I want to go to France. That's what I mean though. Would he not be more likely to stay if they had Champions League football? Possibly. But you know, it's, I don't think it was a bean end. Oh, he might well see I'll get Champions League football if I go if I go to France and play with Leon. There's every chance of that happening, you know. I mean obviously PSG or the you know, the, the kind of stars over there, you know, the, the, the kind of benchmark. But everyone else is in with a fighting chance of getting to the, the, the Champions League, including Leon, a big massive club. So the player who's got a healthy contract. Has got a big part to say, and that's similar to 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 Boyata. You know, if they 
if they you know su- suggest and, and say to them, well, listen, I want to move, then you know sometimes clubs say, well, are we going to get the best out of this? Is he going to get backwards, or do we have to maximise his value now? So I disagree with Gary in the sense of Peter Lowell's uh, uh, you know term being untenable. I mean, I think if you look at Celtic's bank balance, look at the 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 structure, look at the way the club has been run. I I just think that there's there's not many clubs being run, and I, and I mean top clubs, top English Premier League clubs run better than Celtic. You know the finances, the structure, the infrastructure, the development of players, and one and two trebles back to back. I I I understand Europe's a, a, is, is something that they've maybe been a little bit disappointing, in, but. There are times when you get a little mini dip, but it literally is a mini dip for Celtic just now. And as Mark says, they could well readdress the balance you know, over the next 48 uh, hours. Thanks to Gary and Easterhouse. We are on Twitter, at Clyde SSP as well. Uh, Joseph Zoni says, happy to sell Dembele, but on the basis we have a quality striker lined up. You can't just turn down 20 million. I blame the board for not being active because this is something that could happen towards the end of the window But David Taylor says We all knew this day would come Good luck to him back home The board knew it And perhaps they've got a backup plan But I'm not holding my breath uh, Whatever way you look at it Mark that What you said earlier on is, is, is definitely true About taking a real view on it on Friday Because now We will find out Whether Celtic had a contingency plan in place or not Because You'd have to imagine Surely, surely they knew that at some point someone would come knocking for Moussa Dembele Yeah, yeah, listen, we, we probably expected it to be a year earlier Gordon, I did, I thought he'd be away last summer uh, To be honest, but um, Listen, the next 48 hours are crucial for Celtic They need to get in bodies And it's not just about D- Dembele goes Now if Dembele goes, unless Brendan, I, I take, you know, Brendan Rodgers has changed his tune Because this time last year he was talking about just being delighted Having two strikers, because he was only ever going to play one up top now sometimes you thought we might be going to three five two, but the other problem is very rarely have Griffiths, uh, Edward, and uh, Dembele been fit. I mean, they all seem to pick up injuries, and very rarely uh, are the three of them all available. But that said, Celtic need to improve their squad. It's flat, and that's now working its way into the stands. Lack of atmosphere, um, lack of creativity. I think the the players on the pitch need to see something fresh. Mm. Uh, the manager sounds very flat. Has been for two or three weeks, if not longer. Um, so Celtic need to go and do something To spice it up More importantly Improve it Now Improve it doesn't mean to say You need to go and spend 15 million quid In the next two days Gordon it's all about What you can get in value You can still pick up A couple of right good loan deals Or you can go and get You know get a couple of players in So it's not about I won't judge the transfer market On how much you spend It's about what you bring in And then what they do In the jersey So there's still time for that to happen John in Proven Mill What do you make of it? How are you doing Gordon? Jim? Uh, Big Mark, how you doing? Alright guys? Hi, hi John Hi John uh, Mark, I'm a, I'm a See the, the Celtic fan bef- uh, before me there I think the guy has to calm down a wee But I'm a Celtic fan myself And a fellow Celtic fan uh, Before me Has to calm it I'm quite happy To see Musa go If he goes tonight or tomorrow or whatever I welcome the guy to go With, 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 with best wishes For them all of us Because And Brendan Rodgers is no dart he's a, he's a very very astute man He's no down in the dumps at all, Mark. I know you're saying that he feels down that, but what I'm saying is, that big Mr. Go, we got him for a, a song. They're making fantastic profit off this guy. He goes on, and I'm more than sure, more than sure, come Friday night, Celtic will actually be in a stronger position because I think they will make additions to the team mm-hmm. uh, up until Friday night because it's, it's a transfer window up until then. Celtic can attend to do their business. Near the end of the transfer window, like a lot, a lot more teams, the Manchester United, the Chelsea's, 
and whatever. They do that. And Musa going to step up. Brendan did say there. We've had him for two years, etc. They did. We can't keep him forever. Let the guy go. Oh, and the fellow Celtic fan, calm down, mate. See this untenable walking or that. Peter Lowell's done a fantastic job for Celtic over the years. As Jim, Jim said there, Celtic are a, a healthy rich club in a healthy position we're in. So, Musa can crack on. Best wishes for Celtic, well, for me anyway, and I think the majority of Celtic fans. As, as long as we've got a, an adequate replacement, I'm quite happy. And I think we will see three, four, maybe more coming in Friday night. Job done. That's what I'm saying. So, aye, I'm quite happy. Actually, I, I'm not happy about Musa leaving. Yeah, I think that uh, you know I've said before. You know, sometimes it snows as simple as just a, you know a, a, an offer coming in. The player, as I said, has got a huge point. And also, Leon know that you know, there's only a couple of days in the window, so they can play the game a little bit as well. You know, they can turn around and say, "Listen, we'll give you whatever amount of millions," and then know that Celtic is going to have a real big decision, particularly if the players made it clear that we want to go. So they might get a little bit of a bargain because they know that the player's going to kind of try to force. Uh, force the, the, the move through but Celtic could do the, the same and have done the same to other clubs over the years you know smaller clubs you know they went in and said we'll give you half a million or three or four hundred thousand pound when perhaps a player might have been worth more but that that's the nature of it the one thing we've said over recent weeks is that the, the one situation that Celtic have an advantage of just now is that the English market is closed so any players who are sitting there Squad players, if you want to call it that, sitting in mm-hmm. Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Arsenal, Tottenham, all these kind of guys, they've got nowhere to go. They cannot go anywhere now. So they can't. They, they might have wanted a move somewhere, but the the Celtic could maybe come in and get two or three of these guys. We're talking about the Manchester City boy, the midfield player. Um, as I said, there was rumours about Solanke from from the striker from Liverpool. So there are there are probably very good options there for Celtic that they could go mm. and take full advantage of. Lots of you trying to have your say on Moussa Dembele, and understandably so, so we'll keep them coming. Uh, and Rangers are also in Russia, ahead of a big Europa League game as well. So more of that after the travel with Cassie. Clyde One Super Scoreboard, with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Greedy and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You can give us a call, share your thoughts. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB as well. Stephen Gerrard is due to do his pre match media conference in Russia fairly soon. I think we're actually running behind already, but that's a bit of a, an ongoing theme on these same trips last, as, yeah, as Mark Greedy will tell yeah. you yep. uh, so we will we'll keep you up to speed on anything that's said of significance and Rangers fans why not let us know what's on your mind ahead of that game tomorrow 01419511025 uh, as expected we've got quite a few calls lining up wanting to talk about Musa Dembele Callum's in Solcoats hi Callum hi guys how are we doing good thanks hi. Hi. Hi, it's just a, obviously a topic on Musa Dembele there's a lot of Frustration surrounding the fact that Celtic continue to be a, a selling club. Um, and but listen, th- this day was inevitably going to happen. Mr. Dembele was always going to leave Celtic sooner rather than later. Every transfer window, his name comes up and there's speculation around him. Um, but the frustration for me isn't up that end of the park, it's the opposite end in defence. Um, Celtic, that team have been crying out for centre half and a right back for months. Um, so I, I just I can't understand the, the frustration over um, Mr Dembele even I think he's probably in my opinion um, the third best striker at Celtic I think Griffiths is probably on par with him and Odson Edward is probably better slightly better than him um, certainly form wise just now um, 
but I, I certainly think that the frustration um, is quite big just now because not because we're selling them, but because we're not signing anybody. I think that's the the big frustration about it. Now there's a bold shout, Jim Duffy, that uh, Musa Dembele is actually Celtic's third best striker, says Callum. Yeah, well, again, it's all down the opinion now. Callum's entitled to his opinion. Do you uh, agree? I don't agree, but I, I, it's not. I think that uh, I think Edward's still got a bit to go. I, I'm a big admirer of Griffiths. I think Griffiths is, in my opinion, the best natural striker Celtic have. The best natural finisher. If you want to take into link up play and you know running behind and working the opposition, there's a lot of different things to consider. But if, if you're asking me, Griffiths is the best natural striker that Celtic have. Um, but you know, I think he's got a point. I think the the the, the point's very valid that because Celtic have lost out in 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 McGinn, as there was talk about, obviously, um, you know, looking to other players. But I think a right back and a, and a centre back, yeah, I agree with him. I think if he'd have got those those of players in, I think it would have you know calmed everybody down a little bit. You know, if they'd have got a, a top class like Mark says, maybe a creative spark, someone who can go and light up the game a little bit like Roberts did when he was in his top form. Uh, then, then I think that the, the it would be a wee bit calmer if you come to selling a player like Dembele but it's just on the back of a number of things that haven't quite clicked for Celtic in the transfer market Is that where the frustration's coming from Mark Guidi because if, if you were able to take a step back and when Moussa Dembele walks through the door you say right here's the deal he's going to stay for two years we're yep. going to win two trebles we'll be in the Champions League twice and we'll move him on for 15 million at the end of that I'm pretty sure everyone would, would bite your hand off But as Jim says It comes on the back Of a couple of weeks Where no Champions League Qualification uh, Missed out on some Signing targets John McGinn Other areas of the, the team Which some fans feel Haven't been addressed So there's just a bit of There's a bit of apathy Not not, yeah. not a great deal There's a bit of apathy Creeping in And then you, you see The best player leave So it changes The, the perception of everything Yeah it, you know, it does it, it puts a negative on, on things just now Despite the fact That Celtic back-to-back trebles But there's there, there's been a blow what what Celtic haven't had to deal with in the past two years under Brendan Rodgers has been you know missing out on the main targets that the manager said John McGinn and the other one they Scott missed McKenna, out on maybe. Scott McKenna Aberdeen I won't sell him um, mm-hmm. before Friday night that's for sure uh, Piccini the right back that they wanted that was a player that Brendan Rodgers had identified mm-hmm. as a right back thought it was over the line and didn't get over the line likewise John McGinn Edward did go over the line the £9 million back you've then had the manager um, basically calling out the board um, in, in public, which hasn't happened before, and uh, you know there appears to be, we don't know for sure, but there appears to be all's not well uh, in that situation. You then go to the Champions League, and then you face losing Moussa Dembele 48 hours before the window closes. That said, Gordon, a lot can happen in the next two days, and if Celtic won the Old Firm game on Sunday, and at this moment in time for me, that's nowhere near a gimme, but if they do... And you get a couple of good bodies in between now and Friday night. All of a sudden, all of a sudden things will be better. The manager will be a bit more upbeat. Almost you think, yeah, we can go and win the title again. That's that's for sure. And we're beating Rangers. And okay, we might have lost A, B, and C, but look, we've we've, we've managed to get this A, B, and C in. So, look at the moment. I agree. There's there's a bit of negativity around Celtic, and I can totally understand why. But it can still it can change very very quickly. Yeah, I'm wondering how quickly things can change And I'm not disagreeing by the way I'm just I'm thinking generally about the next couple of days mm-hmm. So Celtic have a game in that time as well yeah. Celtic have to prepare and play for a game And I know there are different departments that mm-hmm. deal with different things But within that time then The hope would be If you're a Celtic fan That mm-hmm. you play the game You win the game You sell Moussa Dembele You get a replacement mm-hmm. And you address the other areas of the yeah. squad 
Yeah, it, it probably can be done, but it, it just seems, Jim, like a lot of work in the next couple of days. Well, it's it maybe a lot of work, but it'll be been getting done over the last couple of months anyway. You know, it, it, sometimes it just takes a, you know, it just takes a while to get these things over the line. I don't think it's all going to be happening just because of Dembele. Um, you know, as Mark said, they've been targeting some people for one reason or another. They haven't managed to get them. So it's been an ongoing process for the last few months. But, you know, disappointing things from Celtic's point of view is they haven't had enough. But, I mean, I don't agree that Dembele's the best player. I don't even think he's the most influential player, important player. The most important player Celtic have is Scott Brown, absolutely. Um, and then, and then as, as from value's point of view, it's Kieran Tierney. But Dembele's a top-class player, top-class potential. And if you can realise the, the true value of him, I think mm-hmm. it's a great piece of business. But, you know, there are other areas of the pitch, so... But I, I, as I said, to go back to Mark's point earlier on, I think if you bring in one or two, even a couple of people who will excite the fans, who, you know, who will, you know, blue chip signers, who will, you know, will say, and, and listen, to, and to be, this to be, is lifts, lifts, yeah, lifts, it's everybody. To be fair, they have signed Daniel Arzani and they have mm. signed Lewis Morgan. It's just we've not seen them yes, yet. So yeah. maybe, maybe we're being a bit harsh because we're forgetting about those or we're ignoring them. Yeah, yeah well, I think they can't as I say, I don't, I don't, you don't, I don't think it's fair to judge signings on how much they cost. But do I think that Lewis Morgan and and Daniel was it? No, I have to say I don't know about Azani, so I can't judge him at all. Lewis Morgan, a good young talent. Do I think he's going to come in and light up for Celtic over thirty games? No, I don't think so. And I mean that the greatest of respect to the boy. He needs to be given time naturally to bed himself in. But I think the Celtic team, uh, as much as it needs. Uh, talent and good players It just seems really flat It needs to be re-energised You know even, You know, you just look at some of the players And you think mm. You know that That's not what you were last season yeah. Well There was a bit of flatness last season But they still got over the line Jim Duffy In your experience of dressing rooms Can mm-hmm. that happen? I'm not saying you go and sign any old player mm-hmm. and, and just no. roll them in But but sometimes does it just take A signing To, yeah. to lift people And freshen up the dressing room? Yeah so I said It reinvigorates the players The fans And the manager you know the, the manager Sometimes everybody says The manager's got to lift All the players But sometimes he needs A wee boost So all of a sudden He gets the guy in That he really wants He's got He watches him In the training ground And thinks Puts a smell back In his face Because he sees The quality there And then everyone else You know Sees that as well All of a sudden There's more smells About the training ground The players think oh, Wait a minute We've got a right good player here That makes them better Everyone talks a bit more positive. The whole atmosphere can change by one real top quality signing. It just lifts everything. Celtic might need a little bit more than that, but if they get one top class in, I think it lifts it. Then I think that just, and as I said, more importantly, I think the manager and the staff, they, they, need, they need that we re-energised and just that we spark again. And then they can then transmit their enthusiasm back to the players. Thanks to Callum and Solko. It's on Twitter. Colin Doyle says 15 million for Musa Celtic should bite the handoff. He's injury prone with a hamstring which will go at any time. Get in line a replacement to tide us over until we find a more suitable replacement. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair shout. I mean, I, I said at the top of the programme, Celtic thought they might get 25, you know, a year ago and maybe so. But, but when you assess it, you step back. Yeah, you're, you're, you're losing, potentially losing Dembele, but getting 15 million quid in. And listen, um, it may be more than that, but yeah. that's of course the main figure that's banded around at the moment. Okay, key question for me, do I think losing Moussa Dembele means that Celtic might not win the league? No. Can they recover from losing Moussa Dembele? Absolutely. There's other areas of team they've lost. And I agree 100% with, with Jim about the, the manager and the players needing a bit of freshness and re-energise, but you know who needs it? I think more importantly than that, the Celtic supporters, supporters, because Celtic Park just now is flat. Andy's in Stirling. How do you feel about it, Andy? Uh, About Dembele, uh, I think I think Dembele uh, probably should have went maybe a year ago. Um, 
you know, uh, as regards the main point, I've got Peter Lowell. For anybody to come on and criticise Peter Lowell, looking for easy targets here. Peter Lowell uh, has built Celtic for the, for the ground up. Uh, and let me tell you, they're one of the best run clubs uh, in the world, never mind Europe. So anybody who, who starts casting aspersions about Peter Lowell really has to take a look at themselves and they really don't know what they're on about, to be quite honest. Um, I think there is a bit of friction between him and Brendan Rodgers. I think the problem that we have at Celtic is that we build people up, we make them superheroes. Uh, Brendan Rodgers is no different. Uh, and I, I believe, had he not been a superhero, Boyata would have been sold for nine million quid to Fulham. Actually, if I was Rodgers, I probably wouldn't have went to Athens just in case he didn't go. I'd have drove him down. In terms of points you made about about Peter Lawwell, I think they're good points, and I think Peter Law's been there the best part of fifteen years now. Took over the club thirty million in debt, and, and it's got it around. I don't know what the bank balance is sitting at now, but I imagine it could well be thirty million in the black. Um, now, now that's all not all down to the chief executive, but during that time, there's been I don't know, is it twelve, eleven, twelve championships, uh, titles, and stuff like that. Sure, no employees without without fault, but I think over the piece. I think Peter Lawwell has been an excellent chief executive for Celtic in so many ways and it's not just about what is delivered on the park it's about what goes on behind the scenes and uh, his role within the European football community as well which has helped Celtic and Scottish football so I think over the piece he's good and uh, would he be a difficult guy to replace? Absolutely Andy uh, Mark, I, I can't I can agree enough and you know the, the old the old ones have a have a great saying. Carefully they want, you might get it. And I think uh, Peter Law, uh, you know, people have been have been trying to batter into him uh, through the Ronnie Dyler period. The truth is, Celtic did what they had to do through the Ronnie Dyler period. You had you had a, a limited competition, and there is no point in putting a Rolls Royce in uh, to win a stock car race. And that's how it was at that time. So. The uh, the crime that he's guilty of, I don't think it's actually a crime. I think he, he saved us a few quid with Isla. Uh We still won the league, okay? We didn't reach the Champions League. Um, we're not. That's not a given every year, anyway. Uh, you know, uh, I just feel that that Celtic fans really, we really, really have to take stock of what this man's done. Uh, and we talk about signing Dembele. We we talk about signing Roberts, Edward, this one, that one. Nine million quid we paid for Edward. Nine million quid. When would you have ever seen Celtic in a position to do that? Never mind actually do it. Uh, so you know, be careful they won't because we might get it. Be careful that lol doesn't go. Thanks, Andy. And Sterling Anthony Neal's on Twitter. All I care about is tomorrow's game. Once it's over and we've qualified for the Europa League, then I'll worry about if this player or that player will be sold, along with who comes in to improve the squad and help continue our dominance of Scottish football. I suppose that's the the side of things that. Maybe we haven't looked at Jim Everyone focuses on the big picture And of course you understand why um, Celtic have a very important game tomorrow And this is Whatever way you spin it It's not ideal preparation No it's not But uh, as I said When you're a club at Celtic You know You're going to be in the public eye mm-hmm. You know uh, Just about every day Particularly in Scotland You know um, that, That's that's the, the nature of the, the, the job the, the size of the club um, You know That you know anything at all is going, to, is going to bring that attention to them but, you know, the most important thing for Celtic just now is to get this game uh, done and dusted tomorrow night. I mean, I watched the first game, you know, they were miles better 
um, you know, Celtic they should have won the game comfortably and it's as frustrated and as angry as I've actually heard Brendan Rodgers after the game I think he was you know he really was uh, so frustrated mm-hmm. by, the, by the, the the cheap goal they gave away and the fact that they didn't put the tie to bed because they've got the old forum match on Sunday if they had made that tie as comfortable as it should have been a 2-3 goal margin then you know Thursday night they could he could have been really just relaxed but now get through the motions get through the tie and then saved all his energy for Sunday but now they had to put a little bit more into it so I think that the, there has been um, frustrations there but that's because you know the the quality of Celtic side is far better than the opposition um, but they didn't put it to bed Judging by these phone lines There will be more calls On Musa Dembele But Rangers are in Russia As well So give us your thoughts On that game 01419511025 After the travel with Cassie Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results Every week Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Lots of talk about Moussa Dembele. I'm sure there will be more, uh, but Rangers are in Russia and have a very important game tomorrow night as well. Andy's a Rangers fan on the line, wants to discuss that. Hi, Andy. Hi, uh, how's it going? Um, I, I've, I've just a wee phone note before I go into the Rangers point. Um, it's quite refreshing, the previous caller there, a Celtic supporter coming on saying about Brendan Rodgers. And the only reason he's there is basically because the, the title was wrapped up Rangers living in the, in the league so basically effectively that Celtic uh, only employed a high, high-end manager like Rodgers um, because of Rangers back in the league after all these other people saying that um, they don't need each other they do need, need each other that is the old firm it's no any new core or anything like that Anyway, my main point is... is okay, is, I, I don't remember any of that being discussed in the previous <laughs> call, but anyway, on you go. No, well, the previous caller said that um, you didn't need a, a Rose Royce to win. Got you, yeah, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, tomorrow night, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got no concerns about tomorrow night. Um, that team, to me, didn't show me at Ibrox that there are any, any, any upfront up to beat Rangers. And I think because they have to come out and have a go at Rangers tomorrow to get the goal back, I think Rangers will pick them off, no problem. I'm going for a two or a three-one victory for Rangers tomorrow night. I don't think there's going to be any any issues on it at all. Um, just want to see what the panel think of that. Yeah, well, obviously I didn't see the the first game, Andy. I've obviously seen the the other games, uh, you know, with Rangers, and I think they've done magnificent away from home. Been very professional, very organised, you know, resilient. And I think they're going to need that again. Obviously, if I were a bit of an unknown quantity, I think uh, no one really knew. I know we had a reporter on uh, a Russian um, journalist saying. He thought they were quite ordinary, but you know, by all accounts, you know, they'd you know, range one or two scares um, at Ibrooks. But I think it's going to be a tougher test um, away from home, of course, as you know, the journey was at 700 miles um, away from Moscow. So you've got to take all these things into consideration. Uh, and also, you know, it's the it's the final it's the final hurdle before the the league stages. So there'll be a wee bit of pressure on Rangers as well. Um, so and. You know, on the back of the, a, a poor dis- a, a, a defensive display, and really the first time they've had a poor defensive display at the weekend. Different type of game. I know that will not be as as, as um, frantic as, as the Motherwell game, but I think if Rangers get back to the way they played in the other European games, then you know I think I'd be as confident as you. I think they'll be good enough to see to see it through. But I'm not quite as confident as a two or a three as as a, as a three-one victory. I think if Rangers get through, that'll be more than enough for Steven Gerrard. Okay, I just I just think honestly that the team didn't really show me much the last time they played Ibrox there, um, and they basically parked the bus. I know you're saying they had a few scares at Ibrox, but Rangers um, they had many chances, the penalty shouts as well, and, and it really I mean 
display-wise, Rangers were all over them. So mm-hmm. I just honestly can't see this team doing anything against Rangers, even though they're coming out saying they're going to pinch your players if they put us out and things like that. No, good. I mean, I hope you're absolutely. I mean, if you've been at the game and you you've seen it better than me, as I say, so I'm only going with the report. So uh, you know, I, I, listen. Absolutely hope that um, you know Rangers go over there and win it. And if they can win comprehensively, brilliant because. Um, it's great for for Rangers, great for the confidence, it's great for Scottish football. So I'd be delighted, uh, you know, if they go over there and and give the kind of performance that you believe they can do. Andy, how do you see the team lining up? Obviously, Kyle Lafferty and Morelos both started at the weekend. We saw a bit of a, a change in shape and in different players. Um, I know that Lasana Kilabali, for instance, hasn't travelled. He's been injured for a couple of weeks now. So, what are your thoughts on that front? I don't. I don't think they'll play the same formation uh, tomorrow. Um, I think they'll go revert back to his previous formations. I think. I would. I'm not that Lafferty scored, but I think he would put Morelos on, but in place of Lafferty, um, maybe put Lafferty the wing or something. Because I mean, they don't know so bad than against Celtic when he was with Hearts at the wing and the wing. So, um, but I would. I would say he would go back to the same formation um, that he's been tried and trusted. And, to say the last nine games or something, they lost four goals and then he lost three at Murrowell on Saturday there, or Sunday, sorry. So because he changed the formation. It was a bit of a shock. And, Andy, would you, one, one question for me defensively, and ironically enough, I, w- I was praising this guy to the hilt last Wednesday night, was James Tavernier. Mm-hmm. But looking at him on, on, on Sunday there, and, and maybe for the Kilmarnock goal the, the week before, I'm just wondering, for me, and I'm not talking about tomorrow night, because I, you know, I don't know about the Russian team, but I think that maybe... Be, more of a you know uh, onus on Rangers defensively possibly for longer spells on Sunday rather than, than tomorrow night but anyway for the old firm game um, I'm not so sure you can trust Tavani in a defensive role and I just wonder if you um, what, what Stephen Gerrard's thoughts would be on that you know No I definitely agree I think Tavani's better at, at going forward and such you know he's not really an out-and-out defender I would say Um I think for tomorrow night, the old fun game on Sunday, is, I think I'll just take care of it. It's going to be frantic, really. I think it's up in the air. This is the first time in years that it's been up in the air. Nobody really can put their finger on it. Celtic are, are struggling now at the back as well. Um, they just had a, a, a slip in, on Sunday against Motherwell. Up to Sunday, I was super confident, but because of Sunday, I'm, I'm a bit apprehensive now <laughs> this Sunday coming. But I think, there's, I think it's going to be a goal fest on Sunday. I really do. There's, there's two defences. If they play the way they did last weekend um, and has been playing, then I think it's, I think it's going to be a bit of a goal fest at uh, the, the old firm game on Sunday. Um, but tomorrow night, I think he'll go back to his tried and trusted that he's that he's gotten up to this stage in Europe. Um, and I'm really not that worried about tomorrow night. I, I might be maybe one in a, a few Rangers supporters, most Rangers supporters I've talked to are, are a bit apprehensive about tomorrow. But I really think this team has to come out and score against Rangers. If he can keep it tight in the first half, I think we'll know anyone. Mm. So. Andy's confident. Are you, John? Me, I'll take the game at a time. You know what I mean? He said he said somewhere I just picked up and he said he was super confident for Sunday. And Sunday there, well, we get taught taught a wee bit of lesson on Sunday that you know what I mean. Back four, I don't blame. I didn't think we'd lose that game on Sunday, honestly. But I think we're back four. We played with a back three. I think played any more than Sands. That's my personal opinion. You know what I mean? Because that's they they play high boards into the channels and that sort of day. I mean, I, how they're a football team, I don't know, but that's me being a bit disrespectful, but I really don't know how they get away with their physicality. But it's a learning curve for us. But I might know what you think. What do you think Rangers will be tomorrow night? Jim Duffy? Well, first of all, I think that, uh, you know, there's different ways uh, to play football. You know, you don't know how to play 
um, technical football ball for the back you can play different ways you can get crosses in the box and you can score from set pieces and I think Motherwell are, are terrific at that and uh, deserve a lot of credit for that and Rangers have to be able to cope with that you know that that's the first thing as far as this, tomorrow night's concerned as, as I've already said I, I, I didn't see the, get the first game against UFA so I only read the reports and, but Rangers I think looked more comfortable in a back four I don't think there's any doubt about that with the two sitting midfield players, whether that's Jack and Halliday or whether it's, you know, whatever whatever combination with Jack in there. Um, you know, I think that that suits them better. It gives them that solidity, gives them a platform to allow the other players to go and play. Um, you know, they're not as exposed in the wide area. So if Tavernier does go forward, one of the midfield players slides across, gives them a bit of cover. Same on the other side. Um, so I, I think that Rangers will go back to the four two three one. I think it served them well in Europe. I think they look more comfortable. They look more balanced, uh, and uh, I think that that gives them the platform not just to defend but also to hit on the counter attack as well. One thing that would fill Rangers fans, Stephen Gerrard, the players with confidence, Mark, is the way that they've negotiated the European ties so far in respect of. You know, sometimes you have to go away and protect a lead, and other times, mm-hmm. you know, having to to manage the dynamics of of the two legs, one at home and one away. So far, they've looked pretty comfortable doing that. Yeah, they have. And and one thing about tomorrow night, even though the old firm game is, is three days later, the focus is absolutely on tomorrow night. There's a real determination from Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister and the players to win tomorrow night. There's no chance of having one eye on Sunday. It's all about tomorrow night. It's all about. The kudos uh, of getting into European football again for the first time in what seven years or so. Um, it's about um, guaranteed eight million quid to come into the coffers, which will be welcome. Chance to reinvest that in, in, in January, and it's a chance to, if you look at the Celtic model of turning two or three million pound players into six or seven million pound players by doing well in Europe. So there's all that, and uh, for Rangers, if they do get through tomorrow night, and I think they will, um, for a manager to come in. Uh, who's never managed before, albeit at youth level at Liverpool, never managed before, to inherit the squad that he did, considering how much we were all slaughtering them. Was it five each Easter Road, the last game? And the previous two, we thought, you know, what, what a clear it's going to be required. And he has, and he's brought in 11 or 12 new players to then manage to negotiate um, all these European ties and remain unbeaten in the league so far, albeit only after three games, I think speaks, speaks volumes, and I think they'll get the job done tomorrow night. Beat the pundit with goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Did you happen to catch Gordon DL's performance on Beat the Pundit last night? No, but I heard you. I was out in the car mm. after I heard you slaughter. The question: right? Who is the most expensive <laughs> Scottish player of all time? Oh, His answer. Yeah. Kenny Dalgleish <laughs> What? I kid you not You couldn't make these things up Anyway If you think you can do better tonight 01419511025 Is the number you need Mark Greedy's laughing now He might not be laughing in 10 minutes Mark and Jim are standing by One of you needs to come and take them on At Beat the Pundit But you only have until the news At 7 o'clock So you better be quick Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Greedy and Jim Duffy Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Lots of talk on tonight's programme About Moussa Dembele We've looked ahead to Rangers game tomorrow As well We'll keep on those topics And we'll take a look at the very latest On the future home of Scottish football After this 
Pundit. With goals in the Scottish sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. If you've got any thoughts on today's meeting about the future home of Scottish football, 01419511025 is the number you need to share them. Before we do that, though, it's time for Beat the Pundit. Mark and Jim are standing by. One of them is going to be up against Stuart from East Kilbride. How are you tonight, Stuart? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Good to fancy your chances? Aye, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I like that. I always just look for a bit of ask that question every night. I look to see who's confident, see who can uh, talk the talk before we find out if they can walk the walk. Right, 30 seconds. Uh, we'll get up and running in a second. Let's toss the coin. Heads, it's going to be Mark Guidi. Tails, it's going to be Jim Duffy. And it is heads. So Mark Guidi up against Stuart. Get those headphones on, Mark, and I will give you some Clyde 2 to listen to. And we will get the game up and running. Stuart, 30 seconds. Head to head. Remember, you can pass. Here is your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Yep. Let's get the clock up and running. Let's go. Who won last season's Iron Brew Cup? Pass. Who won the Golden Glove at this year's World Cup? Pass. Uh, Maurizio Sarri is the head coach of which English side? Film. Vladimir Romanov was the majority shareholder at which Scottish club? Uh, which side are currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? Dundee. Scotland under 21 midfielder Liam Henderson plays for which Italian side? Easy man. Uh, who won last season's La Liga? Uh, Barcelona. Okay. Mark Greedy, can you hear me? I can. You can, right. Same set of questions to you. Let's get the clock up and running. And off we go. <laughs> who won last season's Iron Brew Cup? Elgin. Who won the Golden Glove at this year's World Cup? Oh, Loris. Maurizio Sari is the head coach of which English side? Vladimir Romanov was majority shareholder at which Scottish club? Which side are currently bottom of the Scottish Premiership? St Mirren. Scotland under 21 midfielder Liam Henderson plays for which Italian side? Verona. Who won last season's La Liga? Barcelona. Okay. You were confident before we started, Stuart. Now that you've heard Mark's attempt. Are you still confident? It's a bit close A bit close Right let's go through them Who won last season's Iron Brew Cup? Uh, it was not Elgin It was Inverness So there we go You were sort of In the right neck of the woods You were north of here anyway uh, Right Inverness Caledonian Thistle Is the answer So it's nil-nil It was a really classic start guys Because it was still nil-nil After two questions It was Courtois um, We'll soon find him out At Hamden next Friday Not a problem uh, On to the third question Maurizio Sarri Is the head coach Of which English side It is Chelsea So one nil to Mark Guidi Vladimir Romanov Was majority shareholder At which Scottish club It was Hearts You both got that right Still a one Point lead for Mark Guidi You equalise Stuart though On question 5 Because Dundee are bottom Of mm. Scottish Premiership uh, Which team does Liam Henderson play for? It is Verona So Mark Guidi t- retakes the lead And it comes down to the last question Who won last season's La Liga title? It was Barcelona You both got it right But that means Mark Guidi Pips you by one Hardline Stuart Unlucky Stuart Hi. Okay, thanks Stuart Well done, that was Stuart in East Kilbride His first time on Beat the Pundit He came very close Maybe we've uh, mm-hmm. tempted him to come back for another bite I was it. there for the take tonight Aye, I was there for the take You were a wee bit off it, I All must right. say But anyway, a win's a win Right mm-hmm. <laughs> um, We were kind of hoping, I suppose To have a definitive answer on the future home of Scottish football debate We spoke about this last night Now, there is an update The update being that there is no update 
If that makes sense to you So here's the statement that the Scottish FA put out today After two days of very productive discussions The Scottish FA will continue to weigh up the decision On where to base the national team And to host the William Hill Scottish Cup semi-finals And finals So basically they've asked for a bit more time And uh, they've been given seven days Both parties have been given seven days To provide a bit more information on this uh, the Scottish FA board If you're interested Met today That's the likes of You know Alan McRae Rod Petrie Ian Maxwell Mike Mulraney Neil Doncaster And so on So the big announcement tonight Is that there's no announcement Sorry I can't be more exciting than that Mark Guidi But what do you make of it? I'm I'm Disappointed that there's been No decision uh, Made You know I think this has been going on A, a while now And you know It, it was painted as though There will be a definitive um, Today The only way that Just from a personal point of view Gordon, if it means a delay sees us remaining at Hamden, uh, then I'm all for that. Uh, with all respect to Moneyfield, I want to see Scotland and uh, National Cup finals, etc. Stay in Glasgow, stay at Hamden. Um, that said, we cannot ignore the fact that Hamden is not up to the standards that we need. And there's a major amount of work and investment required at a national stadium. But over the piece, uh, I want us to stay there. But I've no idea, as you say, it is... It is down to the seven people on the board mm. Nobody else can influence it It is a straight vote And um, you know it's, I think it's one of the biggest decisions In the history of Scottish football And it's down to those seven people I mean Jim Duffy It clearly hasn't been taken lightly So I suppose in, in that regard You can understand why You know they're, they're not jumping to any decision The meeting started at half nine this morning They went on till four o'clock Still couldn't come up with anything um, All seven board members actually toured Both Hamden and Murrayfield ye- yesterday Which is quite a funny image They thought that you know Ian Maxwell or, or Neil Doncaster Needs to tour Hamden but, but there you go That was to get the final pitch Um and it looks like maybe Jim a decision after the Scotland games at Hamden. I just get frustrated. I think that there's been such a long time. You know, a lot of the, you know you said already had all the information to hand. I really don't know what more. Uh, you know, how much more information they can get. Yeah, like Mark says, yeah, of course it has to be the right decision. And if it does take a few extra days, then fine. But uh, for me, football is about decision making. These guys are there to make the decision, so make it. You know, it's just like it's like pulling teeth. You know, just dragging it out, and uh, you know, and I, I can't quite work out why. What, what in in a few days' time would they know is any different? Um, you know, from either the side in Hamden or the side in Murrayfield. So, do you have a you preference? Know. No, I don't really. You know, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I understand everybody's going to be, you know the history of Hamden and things like that. You know, but if it's not fit for purpose and it's going to cost too much money, then you have to take it to Murrayfield. That's the bottom line. Um, in an ideal world I'd love it to be Hamden But You know You need to spend a fortune on it I, I don't quite Know how all the funding comes in Obviously like, like For instance At Wembley cost Was it 900 million or something I don't know That that, that came for the public purse Or whatever happens to be um, I don't know if there's lottery funding And all these things But you can't then just keep Patching up Every couple of years So If I've got the right Amount of money To, to invest in Hamden And make it A proper Fit for purpose Modern 21st century stadium Stay at Hamden If you can't Then you have to be cruel Cut the ties mm. Move to Murrayfield Angus is in Paisley Your thoughts Angus? Uh, I think that you've got to have The two separate The two separate venues You definitely can't have Football played in a rugby park It's got to be Football has got to stay In the west And rugby has got to stay in the east Because that's the way Things are in this country and you've really got to keep it that way. Can you see? Can you see Angus Wise? Because Glasgow, Glasgow is the home. Of, the West Coast is the home 
Scottish football in the East Coast is a home of rugby. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I think that that's certainly clear at the moment. Angus, can you see why people on the other side of the argument would say, though, just because you've always done something doesn't mean you should keep doing it? No, that's that's correct. But you, the, can, the government can get money for a lot of things to put into, and football can get money of a lot of things to put into. So why don't we bring Hamden up to the the state of the art that is required? And then we'd have two state-of-the-art stadiums in Scotland rather than putting it all in the one basket. And if that happens, what happens if Murrayfield has a, a catastrophe? What do we do then? That's a fair point in the sense, Mark Greedy. Right now, we're, we're a little bit in the dark in the sense that there are plans there, you know, possibilities of redeveloping Hamden. But as, as Jim mentions, it's not entirely clear at the moment how much that costs, where that money's going to come from. And so on So we are, we're dealing in hypotheticals a little bit Which makes the debate a bit more difficult It, it does You know that, That's why we, you know, we can't Really make a truly informed decision Because we don't have all the facts in front of us So we're kind of Allowing our, our hearts to rule our heads If you like Where you want it to go But it does come down to um, It comes down more to finance and anything else That's the bottom line And you know The SFA board The, the seven members uh, have, have got to make the decision Based on that, they can't come out and say we're staying at Hamden because Kenny Leash and Dennis Law gave us great memories here 40, 50 years ago. That's not what it's about because in five, ten years' time, if we end up busting, it's unsustainable to stay at Hamden. Then you know where does that leave us? Likewise, they can't say we're going to we're going to Murrayfield because Dominic Mackay's a lovely guy and Rod Peachy comes from Edinburgh and Orium's in Edinburgh, so we'll just go through there. So it's got to be. A proper decision I hope it's Hamden And I hope Hamden get, get, Gets revamped it's, it's badly needed Thanks to Angus and Paisley So one four one nine five one one zero two five. Craig Reagan's on Twitter He says Becoming a farce now I think Hamden should be revamped And whilst that's happening Move to Murrayfield Problem solved He says So there we go Maybe not as simple as that Or maybe it is I don't know uh, Gordon I mean I, I don't know about the day But the, you know Like so for instance the, 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 you know, the, the School of Art Who unfortunately The fire Twice, you know, they've had huge funding to 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 fix it again, to to um, refurbish it and stuff like that. And I understand that; I've got no no issue with that. But when it comes to something like football, it seems to be as if, oh well, man, that's football; it's a separate thing. If it's historically, as Mark said, they are important to the city. It doesn't matter whether it's a museum or a football stadium. Then there should be some government help and government funding. And that's what I think. I think if that was a museum. You know, and there was, you know, there was talk about, oh, it's been there for over a hundred years. Oh no, no, that's so important to the city. I mean, you know, and it brings, it brings tourism in, and it brings funding in, local communities, and all these things. Then there'd be so much people willing to either help or there'd be, you know, such an uproar if they decided to close it or shut it down or just not, just, just let it go to ruin. So for me, I think it is um, a very, very important part of Scottish history, and I think it should have the funding. But if you can't, that's what I'm saying. If we, if we can't find the Whatever hundreds of mil, probably probably needs a hundred million or more spent on it. If we cannot find that, then unfortunately, you know, we have to look at the second best alternative, and that is Murrayfield. Brian's in Stewarton. What do you make of this debate, Brian? Um, well, it's um, what's thing in me is the fact that um, when when the SFA paid all that money to redevelop Hamden Park at the time, why why did they not just try and get the stadium off the of Queen's Park at the time? Because there was a lot of money they spent on it. And as far as I know, Queen's Park never paid uh, one bean towards the actual upgrade of the stadium. I know that they, could probably, they couldn't afford that. 
So why at the time did the SFA not try and buy the stadium off them at the time? And then we wouldn't be having this discussion because I think um, Queen's Park's holding the SFA to ransom for the amount of money that they're, they're wanting to obviously lease off them for. I don't know what kind of, um, what kind of money they're talking about. I don't know if you know um, how much it is. But I mean, I don't, I don't know the figure, Mark Guidi. Where I'm sure you, you've got to sympathise. Every party's going to look after their, their own best interests, aren't yeah. they? I mean, oh, I, I, the, the figure mentioned been <laughs> about five million, two or three up front, and then the rest over eight, ten instalments yep. of you know maybe about three hundred grand a time. Um, again, you know, that's I don't know for sure if that's the figures um, that have been presented to to the the SFA. In terms of your question, Brian, why did we not try and buy it? From them, you know, twenty years ago when the stadium was done up, the honest answer is I don't know. Maybe it never came into their their heads. I'm trying to think who the chief exec might be at the time. Maybe just before David Taylor's um, time. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know is the answer. But the bottom line is it doesn't matter because it's about now. It's about the here and now. And like for me, I just hope that um, we stay put. But we do badly need to bring um, Hamden. Um, up to scratch and make it more of a modern arena and then more more fan friendly um, as well and if you think you've got Lesser Hamden if you upgrade Lesser Hamden upgrade Hamden you've got Tory Glen across the road you've got a real hub of a football um, community there and if you can link the three of them you know a, a footbridge or something like that you know just bring it all make it a real footballing community um, around there you know put a put a five seven year plan in place um, to do that maybe bring the stadium, the the museum out more in the open rather than you know away down the bottom of the stadium. Make that stand um, alone. All sorts of different things that you can do because as Jim said there about the, the school art and all the other different things. Scott football is our national sport. It brings so much uh, feel good factor to lots of many different people around the country, men, women, children. It's a, it's an important part of society. It's important for kids to be able to identify it growing up. To get them involved in the sport, to want them to to go out and be healthy and to to stay fit, stay fit, all sorts of things. So yeah, there should be absolutely an onus on our government through in Edinburgh at Holyrood to do something about this and to back your game in the best possible way. Brian, does the fact that you've you've called in about Hamden mean that you are not entertaining the the prospect of moving to Murrayfield or or of a, a pitch up wrong? I, I think that the, the see see the the two ends, the two either ends behind the goal. And, and this modern day of football, and you're, you're looking at it, you're, you're looking at Celtic Park, and you're just about um, so many yards behind the goal. You're, you're looking at Tottenham's new stadium. All right, it's way out of anybody's price league and what they've spent on that, um, where the, the fans are going to be in top. And you're looking at Hamden, and you're a good 15, 20 yards, or maybe, maybe not as much as that, but you're a good step back mm-hmm. for, the, for the actual... Um, for the play behind the goals. If you were to pick one, yeah, if, if Brian's hit the nail on the head in terms of representing the argument, if if I was to do a study of the the number one thing that people have against Hamden, it's probably that, isn't it? Because right. we hear it all yeah. the time in this Bring program. Bring the ends in behind the goal. Bring the ends Absolutely. in, and, and you know, raise Make it. Make a box it, yeah. in a stadium. You know, there's more atmosphere. Right. But listen, the, you know, there's lots of ways to do it. As Matt said, the, the argument will be. You know, again, how much money is going to cost? But f- for me, the, you know, there are many, many models around Europe where I think we could we could take um, parts from different countries and say, like, this is what we want to do. People talk about the, um, you know, the the, the fact that there's there's not a great, uh, you know, transport system in and out of the the area and all these kind of things. But there's lots of things they can do. 
you know, if they really had the, the investment to do it and the money to do it and also the desire to do it. And I just don't know if they have a desire to do that. Thanks to Brian and Stewarton. We've got the full-time teaser coming up soon. But before we do that, I hope you've been uh, keeping your ears open walking about Glasgow and the West recently because Clyde One and Wholesale Domestic Bathrooms have thousands of pounds to give away with what is it where is it? The, 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 the clue is in the name Basically one everyday sound That you may pass on your way to work On the way to school with the kids When you're out shopping Whatever it may be One everyday sound Could make you a winner Now it's back tomorrow morning Bowie at breakfast With your chance to win £2,000 And George is going to be giving away a clue as well So make sure you catch that What is it? Where is it? With Wholesale Domestic Bathrooms Hillington and Clyde One Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's time to launch the full-time teaser. We always do that at this time of the night. We get the questions sent in by you and we give the pundits between now and the end of the show to try and come up with the answers. Of course, you can play along as well. And if you think I'm going to make the same mistake two nights in a row When I went to the toilet oh, and I, I left the that, answers yeah, on the us. table And those cheats, DL and Hannah, looked at the sheet <laughs> And came up with the answers I should have so known you made a schoolboy error As soon as Gordon Dale gets one yeah, night You just yeah. know there's something They were rhyming off some of the ones that I thought were next to impossible <laughs> I started to wonder I mean, you expect that from DL, don't you, to be fair But Roger Hannah, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed I think, I think Roger would have been led astray you think so? Yeah, it sounds about yeah. right, doesn't it? Anyway, there will be no such leading astray tonight. Martin Burns has sent this one in. If you've got a good question, please do send it to us fulltime at Clyde1.com. So, which 12 players have played for Rangers and at least two European Cup or Champions League winning teams? Played for Rangers and. So, which 12 players have played for Rangers and at least two European Cup slash Champions League winning clubs? Right back then, aren't they? That's a good question. That is a good question. So it goes without saying. They need to have played for Rangers. Capucho? Nope. Portal, where that was Europa League. No, well. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, Ray Wilkins. Ray. Yes. Trevor. Fr- he played with three Chelsea, yeah. Man United, AC Milan. Trevor Francis? No. No. Trevor Francis played for Knox Forest won the European Cup. Who else did he yeah. play for? Rangers. Yeah, at least two. Need to play at least two European Cup well Champions League winners. Yep. Yeah. So Ray Wilkins is right because he played for Rangers, obviously, and Chelsea, Man United, and AC Milan. He actually played for three. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're on the right lines. Stephen so- Kloss. Nope. That is a good question. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Uh... I mean, some are really tricky, but there are one. Th- just, think... ca- just cancel the phone calls. <laughs> think of some of the guys Rangers have had who came yeah. with a really good European pedigree. Some are a bit yeah. more difficult, but. Yeah. Um, Bolly. No. I mean, if you're talking. The, what's the sort of biggest. Some of the biggest names. Brian Loudrop. Loudrop. Yes. Brian mm-hmm. Loudrop. He played with mm-hmm. four, actually. Bayern Munich, yeah. AC Milan, Chelsea. Frank De Boer. Yes. And. Ronald, Ronald De Boer <laughs> There we go They tend to come in pairs Ronald De Boer Frank De Boer Brian Loudrop Ray Wilkins We'll get back to that Let's speak to Barry oh, uh, oh, Sorry go on, one more. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst yeah. Feyenoord and Barcelona Right Barry's in Paisley What's on your mind tonight Barry? Hey, hi guys How you doing? Hiya um, What is? I was driving home Just there And I'd heard I don't know who it was That had mentioned About the cost of Wembley um, And that it was Funded for the public purse no, I, said, I, I actually said I didn't know where it was funded right. from. 
Right, okay, well, mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is obviously the decision that's going to be made whether we remain at Hamden or whether we move to Murrayfield mm-hmm. is pretty much a financial one, I would think, um, because it's it's not really anything to do with the logistics because that, that would be a nightmare if Rangers and Celtic end up in a final, etc., etc. <clears throat> so what I'm thinking is I'm pretty sure the Scottish government have got the ability um, to raise income tax uh, slightly, um, so I'm thinking if this is a it's, it's a national stadium, it's a national issue. Why does the Scottish government not ever so slightly, you know, an extra penny in the pound for a 12 month period? The, the national stadium affects everybody in Scotland. You know, I'd be more than happy just to pay a tiny little bit on income tax for a certain period of time, if that money was then used to fund the upgrading of the national stadium. We're probably getting slightly out with Jim and Mark's areas of expertise. Mm. No offence, guys. As <laughs> much as we love our football, yeah. Gordon, I, I don't see how a government no. could justify doing that when you see what's happening with our NHS yes, exactly. and their schools yes, exactly. and everything else. You, you, you can't. No. Listen, it sounds good, Barry, and I know what you mean, but. Uh, you know, if, uh, for a government to do something like that, they're leaving themselves wide open, and I wouldn't agree with it either. As much as I love football, mm-hmm. the, the, we do have much bigger priorities yes. in this country. I, th- I think this goes back to what I was saying earlier, Barry, in the sense that because it's all a bit, I'm not going to say secretive, it's just not really been released yet in terms of we don't know how much any development would cost, so you can't really begin to, to look at where that money comes from Mark that, that's the yeah. of course listen the Scottish FA are, are one of the partners there mm-hmm. and whether it would be Scottish government mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't even know what the redevelopment would be would yeah. it be a hub which involves you know Sports Scotland having mm-hmm. facilities there I, you just in the moment you don't know I wish, <laughs> I, wish I could yeah. provide a bit no, more clarity I, I think that you, you know you say but I mean that there's there's obviously depends on what level you want to get so you've got lots of Wimbledon where you know retractable roof and all these kind of things you know so it all depends on how how much you want it to, to look good you know it's living else if you if you just want to tart it up a little bit it'll cost a few million if you want to make it the proper 21st century stadium that it should be for top level football and events then you're going to need to spend mm. an awful lot more but Listen, I, I'm 100% with Mark. I mean, if somebody said to me we're going to tax up for, for to help with football, I'd be like, absolutely no way. But if it was the NHS or you know, education or other things, I think that's all debatable. That's all how you want to go. But I think these things are a, certainly much more a priority. There's a lot of other things that we could do. Mm-hmm. Help our country with Barry you mentioned The logistical nightmare I think you called it Of you know A potential Celtic Rangers Rangers Celtic Cup semi-final Cup final Having to be played At Murrayfield I appreciate I'm asking you To second guess The Scottish FA board here How much do you think They will be Taking that aspect Into account I think they've got to Um, You know I think that That would be a massive part On their whole Decision making process Because let's face it You know it usually is either Celtic or Rangers or, or both in, you know, a semi-final or a final, if, if, if we're being honest with each other. So you've got to think of the logistics. You've got to think about these thousands of fans, how they're going to get from Glasgow to Edinburgh. Then as well, there's the cost of the ticket getting from Glasgow to Edinburgh. You know, if it's always going to be Glasgow-based fans travelling to the National Stadium for finals, and they're going to need to take costs of train tickets and mm. all this sort of thing. And it's it? not always, by this. I mean, the, 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 Hibs won the cup a couple of years ago. All those Hibs fans had to come through to to Hamden. You know what I mean? And and, and, all, and all these clubs, Hearts have, have won it. Inverness, you know, Ross. They, they've all had to do that. They've all had to come to Glasgow for whatever many times. So all of these groups of fans have had to come through from the train, driving through, cost. 
you know, Aberdeen <laughs> come down for semi-finals, etc. So, listen, you know, sometimes I, with I a twelve o'clock kickoff, yeah, twelve o'clock kickoffs, not that. So, I think that you know, if we, we, we can't base a decision on Celtic Avengers fans. Yeah, they, they are the biggest groups of supporters, but if they have to go through to the you know a, a final in, in in Edinburgh, then that's fine. I mean, it's, it's like London's where you know, whereas most most countries have one major stadium and fans travel for for a cup final. Um, what, what, one thing I would say um, that I would agree with one of your previous callers there was you know we, we couldn't have the same stadium for rugby as we could have for football I wouldn't think I wouldn't like that and I think rugby should be in the east and football should be in the west simple as that you know if it's going to boil down to those basic points football in the west rugby in the east and we can't have the same stadium for both I don't know why. <laughs> I think if you've got a great pitch and a good stadium, I don't see why you can't play both. I think it's not one of the pro teams playing at Celtic Park next year. Another final. final. Yeah, Scottish Cup final. Yeah, right. Yeah, the rugby. So you know, listen. You know, if it's a, you know, obviously Celtic have spent a fortune on their new pitch. They think it's more than capable of holding, you know, top class football and rugby events. Again, I've got. No problem with that, you know. I think Scotland, we have to we have to look, no take England into the, the equation. They've got Twickenham, and London, obviously the Millennium Stadium in Wales and all this kind of stuff. But we don't have the same amount of money, you know. So I think we just have to make one very very good stadium. That that's for me. There is one there just now at Murrayfield, but if there is funds available, fantastic. If there's not, as I've said before, then I think we have to. Uh, you have to find a new home for Scottish football So it is worth bearing in mind That this is now a straight shootout Between Hamden and Murrayfield It wasn't But it's, it was narrowed down a few months ago So I'm still seeing some tweets You know talking about Ibrox or Celtic Park Or, or taking games around the country and so on The decision in terms of a, a home for Scottish football Is between Hamden and Murrayfield And hopefully we'll find out within the next couple of weeks How are you getting on with this teaser? We're looking for 12 players Who've played for Rangers And they've also played for at least two European Cup or Champions League winning teams So the likes of Ronald De Boer Played with Rangers, Ajax, Barcelona Frank De Boer, Brian Loudrop Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and Ree Wilkins Ree I've, Wilkins. Got, I've got a couple of good ones I think okay. I'm, And I'm particularly pleased with one of them <laughs> right, well, Tell us that one first then That one first is Alan Hutton Explain your working Well he plays for Aston Villa mm-hmm. And he was on loan at Nottingham Forest When Big Alec was the manager there Yeah, Got to be impressed with that And yeah. the, the other one I've got uh, Mark Walters Clubs Liverpool and Aston Villa Yeah brilliant Well done Mark Walters And Alan Hutton Which means one Two Three Four Five to get I think Graham Souness Nope Nope Five to get Matt Haley Nope Okay, five to get on the teaser Remember if you've got a question Do send it over to us Full time At Clyde1.com Calm. We're going to speak to Paul and Presswick in just a second But um, I want to get your thoughts on this one Alan Stubbs He says he's disappointed to lose out on the signing of Kenny Miller But says it wasn't for the want of trying After the former Rangers striker signed a two-year deal with Dundee this afternoon Stubbs says it, it wasn't a financial decision And he says uh, there's no other expected incomings as things stand um, At the moment, no um, Obviously, um, we've we've been... In for you know a couple of players, I think it's been well documented. Um, so you know one of them is is not we've been able to get across the line. So that's that one's you know gone, and um, we're just now waiting to 
you know, see what we can do in terms of um, adding some new recruitments. I think that's Kenny Miller. That's okay. yeah, Kenny's. You know, it's it, w- it wasn't for the one to try. And I think we've, you know, I don't I don't think it's come down to to, to financial uh, from what I've I've been told. Uh, you know, I had initial conversation with Kenny, um, you know, over just over a week ago, or, or, or you know, five or six days ago, and then we've we've left it in the hands of the of the club to you know to deal with. You know, from what I, from what I can gather, it's not it's not that. I think probably the one to get the answers off and and the reasons would probably be Kenny. So, you know, it's uh, we we move on. There's still be players leaving as well as players coming in. Well, I think there's there is certain elements of, you know, probably in order to get players in, we probably need you know a few to a few to go out. Um, so we'll see what what happens on that front, you know, over the next uh, forty eight hours. Uh, so Kenny Miller is going to play for Dundee. Um, he's got a two year contract as well. We know he's um, a veteran. I think that's okay. And um, what do you make of that move, Jim? Yeah, I think that might have been the, the part of the reason why he went to Dundee. He got a two year deal in playing. Uh, I, I don't know what's in my off them, whether they offer them a two year deal or not, or whether they offer them a one year deal. But, um, you know, he's, he's, he wants to play. He's made that perfectly clear. I think he, he, he kind of made it clear before he went to, to Livingston as well that he wanted to play. And, and that was a significant um, reason why he went there as a player manager. And then when. You know, the, the board obviously decided they prefer him not to play and Kenny obviously made that decision or, or they or they made, they made the decision together that he was going to leave. So I think a two-year um, contract is fantastic. If you're 38 years of age, it's very rare you get two-year contract, mm. even as fit as Kenny is. You know, it's very rare. Most people would give you a year and then wait and see how it goes. But, um, you know, Dundee have went out, you know, pushed the boat out a little bit, got him. They're desperate for a goal scorer. Dundee, I mean, Neil McCann... Saying the same thing week in week out, and it's difficult. And he knows that that they're playing some good football. You know they're creating chances, but they're not putting them away. He thinks that Kenny's experience uh, and professionalism and know how in and around the penalty box can give them, um, you know, that to take mm. him to that next level. And if he does, it's, it's, it's a terrific piece of business. I think he's going to take his age out of it because he's as fit as. Anybody, let's be honest. The age is the age is a material here. Just a couple of things I want to tell you about. Steven Gerrard is speaking in Russia um, ahead of that game tomorrow. He's confirmed that Albanian winger Eros Grezda is having a medical before his move to Rangers. Uh, talks him up, says that you know Borna Barisic and Nikola Katic said he was by a mile OCX's best player last season. Um, and a lot of reports coming out of France now, Mark Guidi, that the Dembele deal is done uh-huh. to Lyon, and uh, depending on where you get your Euros. It could be converted into somewhere in the region of twenty-two million pounds. That, that's that's the figure coming out of France at the moment. Yeah. Well, I I, I don't know I mean, about that this figure. Incredible, doesn't it? Well, it's almost what they're getting in um, for the player that they've they've lost to uh, Real Madrid. Uh, Diaz, the the figure there is about twenty-five million euros. Um, listen, I, as I've said from the start, top of the show, I think that Bailey's going to go. I, I can totally understand why, and it would fit all parties. But let me just say. Right now, if Celtic have managed to get anywhere, even 20 million quid, never mind 22, that is an outstanding piece of business. And I think the club deserve to be applauded for that. Brendan Rodgers might not see it that way just now. But if that puts an extra 20 million pound into his kitty before Friday, fine. I mean, I thought 15 was more realistic for, for Dembele, but you're clearly buying potential. You're not paying 22 million for him 
On what he's done the past 12 months You're doing it on what you believe he can do So If they've got anywhere In the region of £20 million for Dembele I have to take mm. my hat off to Celtic We shall see in the coming days We're going to get the answers to the full-time teaser 12 players have played for Rangers And at least two European Cups Slash Champions League winning sides But just before we move on Something very important I want to tell you about I'm sure lots of you are involved with you know local sports groups or whatever it may be well if you're looking for a funding boost then why not check out the Cash for Kids big charity sports challenge raising funds for your group and of course helping kids in Glasgow and the West as well now 10 groups will be selected they'll be given just over 4 weeks to fundraise £2,000 for their club the group which raises the most will win the first prize of £2,500 on top of whatever you fundraise so it sounds like quite a good deal but if you want more info email cashforkids at radioclyde.com Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with me, Gordon Duncan. We are looking for the following on the teaser. And by the way, if you've got a good question, send it over to fulltime at clyde1.com. So Martin Burns sent this question in tonight. He wants you to find the 12 players who've played for Rangers and at least two European Cup slash Champions League winning teams. So, you know, we're on the likes of the De Boers, uh, Alan Hutton, Brian Loudrop, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, Mark Walters, Ray Wilkins. Any more? Christian Nerlinger, Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. That is a great shout. Well done, Christian Nerlinger. So, one, two, three, four to get. Obviously, they're the four hardest because that's the way these things tend to work. Is, is one of them. Being at Red Star Belgrade, no? No. I would say one of them is ridiculously hard. <laughs> the other three are still tough. As opposed to Alan Hutton playing for, on loan at Knott's Forest. Yeah, but one is just. Hard. One is unbelievably hard, I think. The mm. other three, yeah, I think you could get them. The types of clubs you're looking at, so obviously Rangers, you're looking at the likes of Man United, Aston Villa. Um, there's another Nottingham Forest link Chelsea, Liverpool A couple of Dutch clubs as well You might want to think Just well, to as PSV and Feyenoord yeah. Two of those three, yes Right, well I would say Peter Van Vossen Yes, well done Peter Van Vossen played for Rangers, Ajax And Feyenoord, three to get Right, okay Only clue I'll give you at the moment Is for these three Don't worry about any team out with England so they've all got an English connection. Yeah. Or, or, or they're, they're connected to both. So there's five European Cup winners from England, so they've played for both clubs. Or played for two of those clubs. Two, right. two of those clubs. Okay. Yeah, don't worry about any other European nations at this moment in time. Paul's impressed. Wick, what's on your mind tonight, Paul? Hello. Hi, Paul. What's your point this evening? My point was uh, the seven guys from SFA that are going to make the decision. Mm-hmm. I think it should be a public consultation. And possibly a government decision about Hamden because it's a massive decision that's going to affect everything. Uh, see what the panel say about that. I mean, obviously, the idea of, of asking the public is always interesting. We, we live in a democracy. The only thing about the second point would probably be, Mark, this is just the Scottish FA deciding where, where they want to be based. So yeah. at, at that moment, the Scottish government can't really influence that decision. You know, it's, it is up to the Scottish FA. Yeah, and the only way they could have an influence over it, I would say, is if they said, look, if we decide to stay put, can you help us with investment? And, uh, you know, if the government could say, well, if you decide this would be a contribution over a period of time, or no, we can't, you're absolutely 
um, on your own or whatever. So listen, I think there would have had to have been discussions um, between the SFA and uh, and Holyrood now. Whether there have been uh, productive discussions or not in terms of you know try to stay where they are, I've really um, I've really no idea about that. Thing is it affects the whole whole of society in Scotland. Yeah, it, it does. Every every aspect of Scottish football, from the grassroots to the top level, and it's, I think it needs more discussion. The government before they even make a decision, and uh, to the public. Yeah, the public I don't know. The public haven't really been in the in the light of what's going on, and who knows what business investment is going to be put in and what's not. Nobody nobody's been. There was a consultation process, Jim. This is this is we're almost at the final stage. There was yeah. a consultation process way back. Um, whether that went as far ranging as Paul would like in terms of of asking all corners of of the public, then maybe not. But we we didn't just sort of decide to meet today and yeah. and, and toss a coin for it. You know, there was a process. No, I can understand uh, some of the stuff Paul saying there. It is a, such an a, a, you know an important uh, decision. Um, you know that uh, perhaps you know we, we feel that the uh, the government should be involved, but obviously, um, you know, it's, as as the decision is now down to these seven members, or uh, and we we have to accept that it's too late. You know, to to decide whether we think it should have been. Is, is obviously down, down to uh, you know each individual. So, for instance, Paul might think that I might believe that, but it doesn't matter what we think. We're at a situation now where let's get a decision made. We've put it in the hands of these seven guys, and we need to come up with, with a decision now. And then after that, yeah, you're right. The, you know they may well say, listen, we've, we've already had discussions, uh, discussions with the with you know the government, and uh, in which case is. This is how we're going to progress this forward. But we, we're all in the lap of the gods. No one really knows how this process is really going to come to, um, you know, a final decision. Anything on the teaser? Yeah. Oh, he's got one. I, I, I think this is maybe the one that you're thinking about. Is the hardest one right out of left field? Okay. Kevin McDonald. It's not right. No. He's not on it. No. He's not. Did Kevin McDonald have a spell at, at Rangers? Did he not eventually come? Graham soon as signed him. I don't know, but he was at Villa and he was at Liverpool, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's not on the list. That's what? all I know. For well, Martin Burns. I would right, just so have a wee double three, check. Because we'll if Kevin McDonald, I think Kevin McDonald came in Lonely Rangers. I don't, I don't know, I can't remember. For a small, a small period during mm-hmm. Graham Sunnis' time. I think I'll narrow down one of them for you. So the Rangers connection, obviously. Uh-huh. The other connection you're looking for is Man United and Aston Villa. And we're talking... Semi recently, I mean, certainly compared to some of these guys, you just right. invented that phrase. Semi recently, semi recently, man, last 10 ish, yeah, round about then. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, put it this way since Brian Loudrop, we're not going back uh, that no. far, but we're not as recently as, um, uh, and they can, in fact, I'll tell you team. what, it's more, uh, it's, it's even more recent than that, mm. yeah, so it's, yeah one, it's one of the most recent ones. Right, okay. he, actually, he, he also is a Scotland international We've just not seen a great deal of him In a Scotland shirt Certainly recently <laughs> Okay well I think He's also quite famous for Knocking out a very famous English footballer in his kitchen Oh, um, oh. Wayne, No I was going to say he knocked out Wayne Yeah Wayne, I've got uh, it Phil Bardsley Phil Bardsley Right you've got two to get John and Paisley I'm sorry make it quick mm-hmm. John and Barhead, Gordon, hi Jim, hi, hi Mark. Yeah. Hi John. Right, I'm, I, I'm just important over this about uh, Hamden. See the way I see it, 
see the park, lower the park, the way they've done it. See the way Ibrox was based in the Waffle Stadium, the old Waffle the old uh, Bruce Adortman Stadium. Mm-hmm. Lower the park and bring it in tighter. More seats on it, right? I know at the end of the day, for a lot of work involved, and then have a hill at the exit going out the way it used to be at Hamden. And you would get more people into the ground as well, and plus the fans would be near the park. See, yeah, I actually spoke to an engineer today And just happened to throw this on him Just to see if he knew And he sort of said You know it's easier to raise it Than it is yeah. t- to lower it But it, it might need to be something like that Did they, they, they not raise it for the, the, Commonwealth, the Commonwealth Games, Games. But you would lose a lot of the seats yeah, Because that got raised seats. to yeah. About the top of where the tunnel is At the moment mm-hmm. Yeah I mean listen In terms of, in terms of developing the stadium There'll be you know there's, Obviously as you say there, There's engineers out there With the, with the knowledge to do all these things But it's down to money. It's going to be down to funding. If you've, if you've, got I mean, something like that's not going to be cheap. I, I don't no, know much about these things, no, but I know that won't be cheap. Nothing is going to be cheap. But you know, if it doesn't matter how you want to develop a stadium, you've got to do it properly rather than keep patching it. You know, you keep throwing a little bit of money out each year. It's a waste of time. So if we're going to do it, do it right or move. Mm. You know, we see there's there's this kind of emotional attachment. I understand that, but fans get over emotional attachment. You know, you look at Arsenal we're at Highbury forever. You know. We, Main Road, Man City. You know, you move on, and as long as the new stadium is within a certain, you know, um, perimeter, sometimes if it's a club stadium, but if it's a national stadium, if it's in a good area, good transport links, a fantastic stadium, the new sets of supporters will embrace it. Uh, John and Barhead, I'm sorry that was so short, but we are running out of time. We'll do it again sometime. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Take it down. We'll get a bit of a longer chat the next time. Uh, right. Yeah. On the teaser, we were looking for the 12 players who've played for Rangers and at least two European Cups slash Champions League winning sides. You have done ever so well. You've got Phil Bardsley, Ronald De Boer, Frank De Boer, Alan Hutton, Brian Loudrup, Christian Nerlinger, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, Peter Van Vossen, Mark Walters, Ray Wilkins. You're looking for another two. Two. I'll give you the clubs then involved. Okay. So, we're going back a bit further for this one. Going back quite a bit actually Man you and Liverpool Chelsea and Liverpool Chelsea and Liverpool mm-hmm. I think he'd play for Chelsea <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, He was at Rangers If you just if you're looking for a bit of a time frame here Rangers mm-hmm. 89 Till 92 mm-hmm. so That's John Spencer so went to Chelsea about that time. No it's not John Spencer no, it's not Game Sunison Walter Smith 89-92 uh, Played over 100 games by the way Has And also played for Chelsea and Liverpool You don't tell us Chelsea I might have to tell you mm, You may have to 89 No don't tell us you, know, you, you, better, you better tell us Or else the clock right, will be ticking Exactly <laughs> no, I don't, right, I don't, Who is it? I'll give you the initials That's what Hugh likes right, me to do right, Hugh and Derek What's the initials? N S. No. Oh, Nigel Spackman Nigel Spackman Right, there we are Now, I told you this one was the hardest The reason for that, right This guy Made One League appearance For Man United He made seven For Rangers And he also Had a Short spell At Nottingham Forest His loan spell at Rangers Came in 2006 That's Paul Paul Gwen's thing Man United So he came on loan I think from Man United he sort of worked his way down the lower leagues. He did play at Nottingham Forest briefly. Mm. He's now at Exeter, if you care. That's one of the foreign names. Isn't no, it? it's not. No, no. That's what I'm saying. He was a kid at Man United. Yeah. Nah, 
when the music gets louder, that's exactly. when you're running out of time. Oh, is it? Uh, oh, is it? Do you know what? He came in the double deal with Phil Bardsley. It's a right winger. Quick, quick, it's quick! A right winger. Uh, look, no. Lee Martin, Lee you're Martin. out of time. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Ryan Borthwick is up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years.